anybody else wants to come with me, this moment will be the moment of something real and fun and inspiring. And we will do it together. Hello and welcome to Cruising Together, the show that is real, fun, and inspiring. We will do it together. We're doing it together. I am one of your hosts, Greg Schiegel. I'm your other host, Chris Giarusso. And we have a guest, as we often do. We can't say always. Not always. There's been a couple of exceptions. There have been two exceptions so far. It's almost like the ratio of movies where Tom Cruise has his shirt on the whole time. Relatively to movies where he's shirtless. Well, get ready, folks, because he's shirtless this time, and we have a guest. <laughs> this is a double dose of awesome. It's an awesome movie, but our yeah. guest is also awesome. Oh god, he sure is. Now he's here's got... what's here's what's tricky about our guest. Everything. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that's that's true. But what's tricky is he has the same first name as you. Yes. Well, that's going to be very confusing for everyone. So we need to first let's introduce him, and then we will sort out how we will call well, how we will call you guys, <laughs> so as to reduce <laughs> confusion. Okay. Our guest is the host of the Chris O'Matic Show, the internet talk show sensation, Chris Mariano. Welcome to Cruising Together. Hello, everyone. Thank you. Now, thank, you very much. thank you. So, should we call him Chris O'Matic throughout this show? Are you okay with us calling you Chris yeah. O'Matic? Let's do it. Because we could call you Chris M. We can call Chris G. So, Chris G. I've seen him bill himself as Chris O'Matic, right? Yeah, we could do that. Let's do the Chris O'Matic. How about if we just call you O'Matic? Okay. And then we can call him G. G. Or we'll just call you Chris, Chris. O'Matic. We'll call him Chris. Or we just want like a high school flashback for me. Or we can call Chris. We can call you G Man. However you want to do it, I'll respond to all those names. How about if I just say Chris and I point at the different Chris's and then people will be able to tell your voices apart? Because obviously if one of you Chris's says Chris, you're talking to the other Chris. Right, Chris? That is right, Chris. Bingo. Actually, I was asking myself. Oh. Oh, that just got... I apologize. Now we're confused. For inserting myself into that conversation. (laughs) Now, Chris O'Matic, before we get to the business of doing business... Mm Mm-hmm. You were supposed to be on this show several episodes back. Several. The plan was you were going to be our guest on Far and Away. Yes, which I, I enjoy that movie. Is that So you requested Far and Away. You were like, oh, has anyone done Far and Away yet? I'm like, you want to do it? Come on in. But circumstances got in the way. Far and Away. <laughs> circumstances did get Far and Away. Yes. So what was it about Far and Away that made you think, I want to get in on that Irish action? Well, to me, I liked... The scale of the movie, how big the scenes were, like especially during the land race. And um, I thought that was good. I thought that was interesting how he had that Irish accent and like a couple scenes he dropped it and you can actually hear him talk without it. Okay. Which I thought was was kind of interesting in itself. Do you remember which scenes those were? Because I don't remember that happening. And now now all I want to do is watch those scenes. I thought all you wanted to do is zoom, zoom, zoom and a boom, boom. All I want to do is have some fun. All I want to do is zig a zig ah. <laughs> I don't have an all I want to do. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I don't. Re- I re- think it was like one of the the fighting scenes. I think it, when he was in in the um, oh the rocky scene. Yeah, I think it was like one of those fighting scenes when he was talking to the kid. 
the little kid is like, get up to the line. <laughs> I think it was during no scenes. <laughs> All right. I was just curious what, what drew you to that movie because this movie. This is epic. That we're talking about today. Oh, wait, oh, Chris. I, I was just. Chris, <laughs> G, Chris G, you had something? I was going to ask Chris M. You could just call him Chris. I was going to ask Chris. Yeah. Omatic. Right. What he thought about our Far and Away episode. He hasn't I just heard realized it yet. we haven't released it yet. Yeah. He doesn't know. So he wouldn't be able to give an adequate answer. Right. I can make something up. Please Chris, do. Chris Omatic, what did you think of our Far and Away episode? It was Far and Away, your best episode yet. Well, thank you. It definitely, you guys really hit your stride on that one. Right. Um, you could tell, you, I, you said a couple really good things, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, because some of your jokes there, I was just like, oh my gosh, these guys need to keep doing more episodes. I wrote a lot of jokes for that episode. Yeah. Which is weird because more often than not, I write your, I write your jokes. And this I is, hold up yeah. cue cards while you're... This time you let me write my own jokes. Yeah. I know that you know you don't like to do that all the time. I especially don't like it when our intern gets involved. Well, we fired him a long time ago. Thanks for continually bringing that up. Time for a new intern. No, no. we don't need. Yeah. To. You know what he's doing now? Writing for Letterman. Letterman. Well, <laughs> Joe Letterman. <laughs> I was going to say if he's writing for Letterman right now, <laughs> he's been out of work for a couple of months. Well, Joe is keeping his keeping uh keeping his desk keeping, warm keeping it keeping it keeping it going keeping it keeping it keeping it keeping, keeping it, it keeping it going keeping it real the old expression <laughs> good old joe he says he's keeping it going for me keeping it keeping it keeping it keeping it keeping it going going today's movie gone today this episode's movie the mm. movie we're going to discuss far and away one of the best movies yet <laughs> far and away one of the best <laughs> movies yet Certainly the longest movie. Definitely. I, I believe the longest movie of the entire Tom Cruise oeuvre. Longer than Eyes Wide Shot? Yes. Okay. This movie is three hours long. Mm. With credits, it gets to about 309. Mm. The movie's called but you Magnolia. Don't need to, you don't need to sit through the credits no, for, there's no for any end special credit scenes scene. afterwards. There's no end credit scene. Even though Agent Coulson is in this movie. Agent Coulson is in this movie. That's true. That would have been great if they had an end credit scene, though. Before we get to the end credit scene. <laughs> we don't want to... Wait a second. Oh, no, go ahead. I'm waiting for a whole second. No, I can't. I can't even get into that. Go ahead. Get into it. Well, it has something to do with what happens in a movie. Are we going to Are we gonna do spoiler alerts? Well, this movie, ca- this movie came out in 1999. Okay, so I guess if they and didn't we are see about it by now. we are about to do something that will spoil the entire movie. We're about to round robin this jam. We're about to round robin this jam. So this is the round robin plot recap, where we will essentially spoil the entire movie by telling people everything that happens in this movie. This is going to take half the show. This could take half the show. This is. An involved movie with many characters. Many. And this should be an interesting experiment in terms of how this goes. I have a good amount of music queued up to keep us entertained throughout as we recap the plot or the events even of Magnolia, a movie that runs three hours long with, let me look at my chart here, one, two... Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, roughly nine named characters. 
nine. Like major named characters. This does not include Jimmy Gator's wife, Rose. Yeah. Or Guinevere, the interviewer. Or Dixon. Or Dixon, who we never even hear his name in the movie. Or what's th- what's the woman who he handcuffs to the couch? Marcy. Because <laughs> she pops up again later. Marcy. Oh, yeah, she's at the police station. So before we get into all that, let's recap the plot of the movie or the events of the movie. Hmm. Who wants to start? Now, so, so you've not heard us do this yet. So basically we each say a sentence and with the period and the next person goes. We go round and round. So we recap the entirety of the movie. Chris, do you want to start this one or do you want me to start it? I want you to start it. All right. I will begin at the beginning. Good place to begin. Thanks. Here we go. Jeez, if I started, I would have completely forgot the beginning. You would have started it at the end. That's how unprepared I am. Well, I'm going to take my notes out because this one I had to write notes for. There's enough going on. Here we go. Magnolia begins with several scenes of events from the past that are all strange and unique in their coincidentalness. Among these are the story of a man killed at Greenberry Hill by men named Green, Barry, and Hill, the story of the, the, the scuba diver Delmer Darian, who's found in a forest, and the story of Sidney Barringer, who tried to kill himself but was the victim of a homicide. Period. Then the movie begins, the movie portion of the movie, where we meet a whole bunch of characters. I will, at random now, pick the game show host, Jim... What's his name? Jimmy Gator. Jimmy Jimmy Gator. Gator, the host of the TV show, is... arrives at his daughter's apartment to talk to her. She does not want to talk to him. He's telling her... Important news, he's got cancer, he's going to die, period. Then we meet quiz kid Donnie Smith. Donnie Smith. He's on a quiz game show as a kid, and then it fast forwards to him sitting at a bar, period. The very first voice we hear is actually that of Frank T.J. Mackey, who is on a TV infomercial. He is played by Tom Cruise. And he has a series of videos called Seduce and Destroy, which are instructional videos for men on how to pick up women, period. We meet Jim the Policeman. What's his last name? Jim Curring. Jim Curring, played by John C. Riley. He's going on patrol. He investigates a situation. There is a disturbance. He walks into the apartment of Marcy. Marcy. And Marcy doesn't want him coming in there. She knows her her rights. All sorts of business. He keeps asking her, is she alone in here? Is she alone in here? She's clearly lying and being evasive about everything. He ends up handcuffing her to a couch while he investigates the rest of the apartment. And he finds... I believe a dead body. And he says, what is this, Marcy? She says, that's not mine. That's not mine. Period. Then we go interior of a house, very stylish house. We see an older gentleman in the bed, Earl Partridge. 
you could tell that he's obviously sick. And then there's a gentleman taking care of Mr. Earl Partridge. A medic, if you will. A nurse. A nurse. Sorry, and, I didn't mean to interrupt. And um, played by Philip Seymour Hoffman, which I thought he played him brilliantly. Hey, plot only. Plot only. <laughs> <laughs> Just ruined it. Start over. No, keep going. Um, There's no ruining this. <laughs> except when you ruin it. Except, except when I, except so when I just it, did. Except when it's my turn. <laughs> um, and, and when you get interrupted. Then, then it's all ruined. Earl Partridge is laying in bed, and Philip Seymour Hoffman is taking care of him. And you can tell he starts breathing heavily, Earl Partridge. And you can tell it's not... not uh, he doesn't have a lot of time left. Period. We also meet Stanley Spector, a young boy who is on the TV show hosted by Jimmy Gator. Uh, what Do Kids Know, I believe is the name of the show. And he's on his way to a taping of this show. He carries a lot of books with him. The kid's always reading. He's a real brainiac, and his dad is a dick. Period. Uh, the previously mentioned quiz kid, Donnie Smith, gets braces. As William H. Macy in current adult form. Period. <laughs> we meet. We also meet Earl Partridge's wife, who is much younger than Earl. And you can tell that she has some emotional problems. <laughs> she is trying to get Earl's medication, and she goes into a drugstore and has a complete meltdown. When they keep asking her about the drugs. <laughs> Period. Now, after Jim finds this dead body, he is approached by a young boy named Dixon, who says, I can help you solve this case, and proceeds to rap a in- incoherent rap about the worm. Jim uh, tells this kid he's got to watch his mouth. Because... Because he's using some salty language. And he should salty. stay in school because going to school is cool. And then Jim, the cop, gets back in his car. And the kid's like, you didn't even listen to me. I told you everything. And you didn't even listen to me. Period. <sighs> Good luck. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> Frank T.J. Mackey, played by Tom Cruise. Begins his seminar, and he is a hero to all these people in the audience. They all want to learn. They're all sick and tired of not being able to pick up ladies or being treated unfairly by the ladies. And they love every line of logic that Frank T.J. Mackey is throwing at them. And... Things are going good in that arena, period. So now we go to the to the game show with the kids, with Stanley, is basically the head of this team. It's Stanley, a boy and a girl, going up against three adults. And they are two games away for winning the championship for the most amount of times in a row for the kids. Everyone heavily relies on Stanley, including Stanley's father, seems like Stanley is the meal ticket for the family. All the other kids are talking about movie of the week roles and about personal appearances. Stanley just wants to do it for the knowledge. They're in the game show, and Stanley feels the pressure, not of the questions, 
but the pressure of life. Period. Claudia Wilson Gator, Jimmy Gator's daughter, who, who did not want her cancerous father anywhere near her, has a loud music playing in her, ha- in her apartment. The song Momentum by Amy Mann. And there's a knock at the door, and it's Officer Jim Curring, who got a report of some loud noise and some screaming. And he wants to talk and look and see what's going on. But he is very quickly fallen in infatuation with the cocaine-snorting, possibly molested, Claudia Wilson Gator. So much so that he says that he's willing to stick around for a cup of coffee, period. That cup of coffee is horrible. (laughs) And when she walks out of the room, he tosses it away. And before he leaves the apartment, he asks her for a date, which she accepts. They are going to meet at 10 p.m. as soon as the shift is over, period. We're in the house with Earl Partridge. He's coughing and coughing, and then he all of a sudden comes through. He has a more alert look on him, and he talks about how he wants to see his son. He talks about everything he did in his life, all the regrets, and he said that he wants to see his son. The medic asks him, what's your son's name? He said, my, my son's name is Frank, Frank T.J. Mackey. So then the son looks for the paid advertisement, can't find it anywhere. He calls the local bodega that delivers items and says, I want to order bread, <laughs> peanut butter, water, cigarettes. Do you have Hustler? You do? Do you have Playboy? You do? And then the girl on the other end says, do you still want the bread, peanut butter, and water? He says, of course, period. So Phil is on the hunt for Frank T.J. Mackey. And while this is happening, Frank T.J. Mackey is being interviewed by a woman named Guinevere. And she is asking him a bunch of questions about his life, his past, his parents. And Frank is very charming, all smiles, all bravado. And he's answering all these questions as if uh, this is not his first rodeo, period. The boy playing in the game show, whose name is Stanley Spector, Stanley Spector is crushing it. He's getting all the answers. The other, the other two kids, they're just riding his coattails to victory. One of the members of the adult team is named Luis. Yeah. He is played by Luis Guzman, <laughs> and the character in the credits is also Luis Guzman. Luis Guzman is playing himself in this movie, period. <laughs> We're in the bar with quiz kid Donnie Smith, and he is in love with Brad. Brad is a bartender that everyone's in love with. He has, quiz kid Donnie Smith has this really interesting dialogue with an older gentleman talking about how you're never going to find love. And then he finally, quiz kid Donnie Smith, finally confesses his love for Brad. Period. Let me see where we're at on my list here. So, 
Back to Frank T.J. Mackey. He's being interviewed by Guinevere. And Guinevere pretty much says, hey, Frank T.J. Mackey, you've given me all these answers. But from what I understand, your dad is Earl Partridge. Your dad's not dead like you said he was. Your mom died of cancer when you were 10 years old or 14. What's up with that? And Frank T.J. Mackey just looks her dead in the eyes and says nothing until she says, what are you doing, Frank? And he says, I'm quietly judging you. Period. Then... (laughs) Oh, yeah. Officer Jim and the girl, they meet. Uh, She's got... All kinds of problems that she's been she's on all sorts of drugs. She's been she's coked up. She doesn't want Jim to know this because she is smitten with him as much as he is with her. She is afraid. She is terrified that when he sees what a complete basket case she is and how many problems she has and her drug problems and her sketchy past and her emotional imbalance he's gonna want nothing to do with her and she says would it be okay if after this we never see each other again and he says no and guess what I lost my gun <laughs> period so Donnie Smith quiz kid that is decides he needs braces he lost his job and he has no money he goes in before he loses his job actually and he talks to the owners of the appliance store asks for money and they yell at him and they say you know what that's it you're fired so now he has to figure out how is he going to get money to get these braces period meanwhile Phil gets on the phone with somebody from Seduce and Destroy the voice of Paul F. Tompkins on the other line and he's able to get in touch with Frank T.J. Mackey's people and say Earl Partridge is looking for his son They get in touch with Frank, and as soon as his interview with Guinevere ends, he is informed that his father is trying to get a hold of him. And Frank starts to slowly break down as he does his second half of his seminar, and he's not keeping it as together as he had been in the first half of his seminar. He's yelling at his assistants. He's flipping tables. He can't can't tell if it's going to be in the white book workbook or the blue workbook. Things are starting to happen. All over the place, period. The quiz boy. What's his name again? <laughs> Donnie Just call him, No, he's talking about Stanley Spector. Oh, Stanley Spector, similar to Frank T.J. Mackey, is not having a great second <laughs> half. He is preoccupied with how badly he has to go to the bathroom, which he told everyone, I need to use the bathroom. And their response was, oh, there's not enough time. Just hold it. Just hold it but he can't hold it. And not only does he not answer any of the questions, thus giving the adults, led by Luis Guzman, a tremendous lead over them, he also wets his pants during the game behind the table so we don't see it on camera yet. But it is incredibly demoralizing for the young boy, period. Jimmy Gator's getting ready to do the show. And he reveals to his assistant he has cancer. He doesn't have much to live. 
Then he proceeds to drink a couple glasses of, I guess, whiskey. <laughs> he goes to do the show and he collapsed in the middle of doing the show. He gets up and he tells people, I'll just tell him I have a bum leg or something. But he still wants to do the show and just finish off what he has to do. Although he looked miserable doing the show. Period. Now, Jim lost his gun. He confessed to Claudia that he lost his gun when, as he was driving from Claudia's place the first time, he spotted the worm and goes chasing him. He gets shot at. That's when he loses his gun in the rain. He's praying to God, please help help me find this gun. And you later get a scene of all the cops looking for this gun. Jim's lost gun. His great shame that he admits to Claudia when they're on their date. And Claudia says, how about we don't lie to each other. We just tell every t- tell each other everything about ourselves and skip all the lies and piss and shit. I believe were her exact words. To which Jim said, whoa, that's some strong language. But it's okay. I'll be a good listener to you. Period. They finally get Frank T.J. Mack over to the house of his father. Period. (laughs) He's at the door. Philip Seymour Hoffman answers the door. There's a bunch of big dogs. Frank T.J. Mack, he says, I promise you, if the dogs get anywhere close to me, I will drop kick the effing dogs. I promise you. She said, Philip Seymour Hoffman says, okay, I will hide the dogs. Frank T.J. Mackey enters the room, and he stresses it again. I will dropkick the dogs. Okay. He sees his father in the bed, and he just stands there, doesn't know what to say, gets closer to the bed, crouches down, and just stares at his father. He's staring at the man that walked out on his family. What does he say? Period. But before that happens, (laughs) as all their lives are reaching these critical crisis points, including Linda Partridge, Earl's younger wife, first trying to kill herself with exhaust fumes and then swallowing a bunch of pills, the song Wise Up starts playing by Amy Mann, and the characters in the following order sing along out loud in whatever their sequence of events were. We begin with Claudia singing as she does cocaine, Jim as he's looking for his gun, Jimmy Gator as he's just like resting after a a terrible day of passing out, quiz kid Donnie Smith as he's in the bar, Mm -hmm. lovelorn, Phil and Earl just sitting there as Earl is dying, Linda Partridge as she is dying, Frank T.J. Mackey in the car waiting to go see his father, who he hasn't seen in 30-something years, or 20-something years, and then Stanley Spector, who has broken into the school library and is reading about strange... Oh, no, at this point, he's reading about uh, uh, smart kids throughout history. Earlier in the movie, he's reading about strange weather phenomena. Period. Frank T.J. Mackey tells his dad... I hope it hurts. I hate you. I hate you. I hope that this cancer hurts. Die. Period. 
quiz kid Donnie Smith decides, I know how I'm going to get this money for these braces. I still have keys to where I used to work. I'm going to break in there. I'm going to break in and take money out of the safe. That's what I'm going to do. Period. Meanwhile, Dixon, the little rapper kid, finds Linda in her car, all on pills, can't revive her, uses her phone to call the paramedics while he steals her wallet. Period. John C. Riley, after his date, the cop. John C. Riley, the cop, Jim, Officer Jim. After he, uh, uh, the the inexplicable dash out the door by what's a Claudia. So he's he's driving home like, oh man, this uh, dang, that didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. He's upset, and he happens upon William H. Macy, quiz kid Donnie Smith, climbing up the side of a building. He says to himself, but at Johnny Smith, what are you doing, dummy? <laughs> he turns around to go investigate and is distracted by a couple of frogs that hit his windshield. A few moments later, many, many frogs come flying out of the sky. It's Literally raining frogs as if they were cats and dogs, but actually they're all frog. They're at, it's raining frogs and frogs, period. Whoa. Unperiod? Can I unperiod? <laughs> First time ever. Okay. Whoa. A frog hits Quiz Kid Donnie Smith in the face, <laughs> knocks him off the ladder that he's climbing up the side of the building from. He lands and smashes his teeth, braces in the, onto the floor. Or the pavement, and his mouth is now all bloody. Ironic. Ironic, period. <laughs> Quite ironic. So now an ambulance pulls up to get the body, or actually she's not dead yet, so to get Earl Partridge's wife, who tried to kill herself in the car by taking pills. She's in the back of the ambulance. The ambulance is driving in front of the hospital, so many frogs are falling <laughs> that the ambulance driver loses control. The ambulance flips over and they slide. Yes, the ambulance slides on dead frogs in front of the hospital. Period. Meanwhile, Frank T.J. Mackey is telling his dying father, I will not cry. I will not cry. And proceeds to cry while making tight fists. And then frogs start falling out of the sky. And Phil Parma walks to the window as a bunch of dogs are barking and says, Why are there frogs falling out of the sky? Period. We see the frogs falling from the sky from all of the different characters that we've been following throughout this movie. I couldn't help noticing... In one scene, a lot of them are falling into a pool, <laughs> and and off to the side, like there's one frog that has managed to land, injury free, and is just kind of hopping around. 
Period. You see this one... Oh, we're in Jimmy Gator's house. He's in the kitchen. Drinking, of course. He opens up a drawer. And you wonder, what is he fumbling for? What is he trying to find in this drawer? And what does he find? A gun. He holds the gun up to his head, takes another drink. Then all of a sudden, we see a frog falling. The frog is falling in slow motion, looking right into the camera, right into our eyes. He falls through a skylight, hits Jimmy Gator in the hand the same time the gun goes off. The gun goes off and shoots an electrical appliance, and a spark flies. Jimmy Gator falls to the ground, and more frogs start falling on him. Period. The last characters we see during this entire frog event are Claudia and Claudia's mother. Claudia's mother confronts Jimmy Gator and says, did you do something to our daughter? He says, I I don't know. I don't know. It's like, you do. And she leaves to go to her daughter. Frogs are falling out of the sky. Mother and daughter embrace. Camera does a quick zoom to a painting with a tiny little script written under it that says, but it did happen. Frogs falling. The frog scene ends. And a beautiful sunny sky shows up on the screen. And we get the words, so now then, dot, dot, dot. And we begin the epilogue, period. Claudia is getting help. She's in a bed or in a hospital, maybe. I'm not (laughs) quite certain because whatever the case, Officer Jim is talking to her, reassuring her, we're going to do everything we can to help you, period. Stanley says to his dad, you need to be nicer to me, dad. And then the dad's laying in bed, and he basically says, okay, go to sleep. Leave me alone. Go to sleep. And Stanley says again, no, dad, you really need to be nicer to me. Period. Earl Partridge's body is removed from the home, as is the body of a dog that ate some pills. Frank is informed that Linda is in the hospital, and he should go to see her, and he does. Officer Jim Curring helps Donnie return the money to the safe. And the movie ends with Officer Jim Curry talking to Claudia. And she is listening to him. And the music is playing. The song Save Me is starting to build. So we can barely hear what Jim is saying. And the movie ends with Claudia looking dead in the camera and smiling. That was pretty good timing. That was really good timing. And that is the plot recap. What's interesting, that last shot. Now we can talk about the movie. But first, let's take a break. We'll be right back. We're coming off an epic recap. I'm exhausted just thinking about that recap. Of the movie Magnolia. A long movie. Super long. Deserves a long recap. I I guess it does, but do the listeners. Of course they do. (laughs) They loved every second of it. Every aspect of every second. But now we're taking a break from that. We're going to... We're going to... (laughs) Um... What are we doing? <laughs> We're taking a break to talk about things like if people want to hear other episodes, they can go to hatterentertainment.com slash cruising and see the entire archive of every episode ever. Listen to them all. Binge listen. You can binge listen. You can also listen through other means like iTunes, 
Right? They can, they can subscribe automatically. Yeah. And then never miss an episode. Like, they wouldn't miss the episode from five days ago, our special version of an episode. Oh, yeah. The uh, Rogue Reactions. Rogue Reactions. Yeah. I think I need a glass of water. <laughs> Dude, let's power through this. This will be... This will be fantastic. Yeah. You want to, you want to like, do like a... <clears throat> There's right, no how, way. How do I sound now? I think it actually, it actually worked. Yeah, a see? Bit. I know about uh, vocal exercises. If somebody wants to rate us on iTunes, should they do it? Yeah, and they should do it five stars is what they should do. If somebody wants to follow us on Twitter, what's the handle? At Cruisin' Show. Somebody wants to email us. Well, they can email directly through the website, hatterentertainment.com slash cruising, or email straight shot cruising, no G, cruising at hatterentertainment.com. Apostrophe? Nope. You can't put an apostrophe in an email address, okay. can you? So cruising without an apostrophe. And without a G. C-R-U-I-S-I-N. At hatterentertainment.com, H-A-T-T-E-R. To email us, we, we'll, we will probably read the email... On our segment. Yeah, generally speaking. Like this segment. Do we have any other feedback? Well, we got some reviewers on iTunes. Uh, The names, screen names they left were LibLaura5. We know her. She's fantastic. And somebody named MikerB2223 from NYC. That's a triple rhyme. Three times. Three times. He left us a a nice review on iTunes, and he's also been active on our Twitter page. Feed. Well, thank you, Mike, Miker B, two 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 three, from NYC. Triple rhyme. Triple rhyme is like the new version of a triple threat. Yeah, and thank you, Liblora five. Yeah, that's two more than three. Two more than three. So, that's a. Uh, I think that's everything about the show, right? We talked about the the rogue reactions episode. Which was fun to do. Hey, we people. gotta let people know about Chris O'Matic. Yeah, we're gonna do. We're gonna get the plugs, well, Chris. Geez. I was, I was like, I was, cl- I was closing that door. I thought you completely uh, forgot about it. No, because we got to plug ourselves too. Whew. You want to plug O'Matic first, or we want to plug ourselves first? I, whatever, man. You're the boss. I'm you're not the, the boss, boss of this whole thing. Nope, you're the boss. I'm the co-boss. But you're, you're the, the boss. We're both co-bosses, Kobos. All right, plugs. Start us off, Chris, with however, whichever direction you want to start. Let's tell them about Chris O'Matic. Let's tell them about Chris O'Matic. Chris O'Matic does a TV show. Well, it's that, a web show. But you can play it on your TV. That's true. If your TV's hooked up to your web. And these days, in the, in the 2015s, that's totally true. You can find that show at omatics.net, or you can just look up Chris O'Matic on YouTube. He's also on Facebook. You look you up Chris, Chris O'Matic, O'Matic on Facebook. Yeah. What are the words you got to look up? Chris O'Matic. And I've been on an episode of the Chris O'Matic show. I wish I knew which episode number so I could say it right now. Hey, you could just blindly pick any episode at all and you're going to be tripping. Well, yeah. I mean, basically the show is like a like a kid show, but not a kid show. And Chris is very entertaining and he's got puppets and robots and, and sidekicks. It seems like he has a cast of dozens. It's at least, I think, a cast of six. Yeah. But at he least. is the entire cast. He is the entire cast. Which is amazing. Yeah, it's very impressive. It's a, it's quite a feat. 
I am impressed by it. As am I. Speaking of you, what do you got to plug? Chris Hit us G- with it. ChrisGComics.com. Heard of it? What do you have to plug? HatterEntertainment.com. PixComic.com. If you use the coupon code CRUISIN, when you order my book Pix at PixComic.com, 15% off. That's a good deal. That's a great deal. That's a pretty good deal. You got anything else? I got nothing else. I don't think. Right? We've done our work. Let's get back to Magnolia then. We're back. Ready for round two. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a line to you from an opera. I want you to give me that line back in the language in which the opera was originally written. And for a bonus 250, uh, you can sing it. I'm Stanley Spector. There is the story of a boy genius. Roy Cassidy, Thomas Kidd, Jean the Peaceful Clamoyer. And the game show host. I'm Jimmy Gator. Live from Burbank, California. First question for 25. This French playwright and actor joined the Bijar troupe of actors. And the ex-boy genius. I'm Chris Kidd, Dunny Smith. I used to be smart. Now I'm just stupid. There is the story of the dying man. I'm Earl Partridge. I have a son, you know. You do? Uh, find him. I'm Frank D.J. Mackey. His lost son. What did he say? Because I am not going to take care of him. What does he want? And the dying man's wife. I'm Linda Partridge. I took care of him through this, Alan. What now, then? Me and him. Do you understand? There's no one else. No one else. The caretaker. Hello. I'm Phil Parma. See, this is uh, the scene of the movie where you help me out. And there is the story of a mother. I'm Rose Gator. You come home soon after the show. I love you. And the daughter. I'm Claudia Wilson Gator. Now that I've met you, would you object to never seeing me again? And the police officer in law. I'm Officer Jim Curring. My life is very stressful, and I'd hope to have a relationship that is very calm and undemanding and loving. So if you are this person, please leave me a message at box number 82. And this will all make sense in the end. This is not an easy trailer job. has a speechless. The trailer has three shots of Agent Coulson. And play as it leaves. Sometimes people need a little help. Sometimes people need to be forgiven. And that is a very tricky thing on my part, making that call. But you can forgive someone. Well, that's the tough part. What can we forgive? Is that unclear? Kind of. Oh, thank God. So good. It's The trailer is better than some movies I saw. I remember when I saw that trailer in the did, theater. Did you guys see the new trailer for Star Wars? Nope. This ain't a Star Wars podcast, bro. It's pretty that's good. Just, that's just the hot news right now as we record. Yeah, but Everyone's talking about that trailer. But I haven't seen it either, so let's not even talk about it. Don't spoil it. We won't talk. What I'm saying is when people hear this, Star Wars is going to be old news, man. <laughs> Nobody's going to care Star about Star Wars is never going to be old news ever again. When people when people hear this, this show is going to be so big. They're going to be like, did you guys hear that recap they did? The recap was epic. 
It was what, an epic recap. What do you say we recap the recaps? Recap so the recap? Do you say recap the recap? Recap and we should the do recap. a recap of our recap. Uh, what I'm suggesting is we summarize our summarization. Let's do it. Chris, do you want to start us off on this one? Hold on. Hit it. <laughs> Meet quiz kid Donnie Smith. He used to be smart when he was a little boy. Now he is an adult. He was hit by lightning and he's dumb now. He's so dumb that he thinks if he gets braces that the very handsome man who works at the bar who also has braces will fall in love with him. But... That didn't work out so well. He's upset. He goes to steal money so he can pay for the braces he's going to get. He falls off a ladder because a frog hits him in the face. He smashes his teeth on the pavement. And then Officer Jim shows up, tells him to put the money back, and sends him on his way, period. It's perfect. 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 That was amazing. That was that was it. Why did we waste a half an hour? That was so good. We should have just did that. Uh, my God, thank you, Chris. You're welcome. That was that was perfect. I mean, I thought what we had done was epic. That was that was epic. That was epic. Well, no, because epic is like large in scale, and this what I just did was the opposite of epic. The summarization should not be epic. But it was so good. This is the it part of the summarization where I help you out, where you help me out. <laughs> so I saw, I remember seeing that trailer in the theater. Speaking of trailers. Yeah. Did you see the trailer for this movie, Magnolia? I remember seeing it in the theater and thinking, okay. ooh, I want to see that. And I was talking... Chris G. Before we start recording, I believe, and now I can confirm, hmm. this is the Tom Cruise movie I have seen more than any other Tom Cruise movie, in terms of multiple times of having seen the movie. If that wasn't clear, so in other words, this movie gets the trophy. If I'm handing out trophies for Tom Cruise movies I've seen the most all the way through, yes, or it. or should Chris, I saw it twice in the theater? Did that mean Chris O'Matic and I owe you a trophy? Should we no. Be- no, because you didn't know there was a contest. What would the trophy be, though? The trophy would be Tom Cruise dressed as Frank T.J. Mackey. Holding up as many fingers as times I've seen the movie. So that would be the vest? He would be wearing the vest? It would either be vest outfit or... I think Greg would like to briefs. see a shirtless one. Yeah, the briefs with what? the pants around his ankles doing That's a backflip uh, leap up. Well, you know what? <laughs> The trailer that we keep talking about, that's epic. Um, Paul Thomas Anderson actually edited that himself. Makes because sense. He, was, he didn't like the way that New Line Cinema did Boogie Nights, the promotion for Boogie Nights. Another movie he directed. So he said, I'm going to cut the trailer. I'm doing the poster art. I'm doing the soundtrack. He had control of everything. This guy's everything. a real auteur. Yeah, he wanted everything i say it worked and it worked I love this movie but i feel like we're kind of in the minority on that aren't we in terms of loving this movie well, yeah don't don't isn't this a movie that's somewhat polarizing i think it's polarizing but i think the people that like it really like it 
the people that don't say, what was up with all those frogs? Whereas Why'd they just start singing? Boogie Nights was a smash hit. I don't know if it was a smash hit. That it thing was, was a smash hard. hit. That was a hard R. So it's hard for a hard R to be a smash hit. It was a smash hit. It, it definitely made more money than Magnolia. Well, sure, if we're talking about money. Yeah. Yeah, so I think the Earl studios... Earl Partridge had all the money in the world. I think when, Look what when happened to him. Died with all that regret. When P.T. Anderson says, okay, we're doing this one my way, and they made less money, it's kind of like he he lost. Yeah. The battle. He's, you, Depends you, you, what the goal is, my man. What you want is to, to show, like, if we do it my way, it's going to work. It's going to be better than the way it worked out in the last movie. Well, think- this movie was supposed to be a small, intimate movie. He wanted the original concept. He wanted it to be a small, easy movie to film. And that's what he pitched to New Line. And then they said, you know what? We don't care. We liked Boogie Nights so much. All the critics liked it. We're going to sign off. You can do whatever you want. That's called a blank check, my main man. And then he disappeared into a cabin. He was in the cabin, wanted to leave the cabin, and he saw a snake outside, and he was too afraid to go outside for two weeks, so he stayed in the cabin and wrote the script in two and a half weeks. <laughs> Did he go into the cabin and then disappear? Yeah, he went into the cabin. Or the cabin is the place he disappeared into. He disappeared to go, yeah. He Did he go into the cabin and then the entire cabin disappeared, or he disappeared when he went into the cabin? Well, his plan was to disappear in so, the cab. So he wanted to disappear. Yeah. That was did part he, of the plan. Did he punch his chest and then make it disappear <laughs> to the crowd? <laughs> was there a crowd? There was no crowd, but he had pyrotechnics, which I couldn't figure that out. Well, I think that creates the illusion of the disappearing. And dry, you have to have dry ice, too. Yeah, kind of like when uh, David Copperfield made the Statue of Liberty disappear. That didn't just happen. No. There's technics. Wait, Some how did he... Pyro. How did he when did David Copperfield make the Statue of Liberty disappear? Because I, I, I don't know if you know this about the Statue of Liberty, but it was built in it was built in France, and then it was dis- shipped here. It was dis- shipped here via boat, yeah. via. in pieces. Yeah. So I can only assume that David Copperfield dismantled it in, in, into its component pieces. I'm not talking about the Charles Dickens character. I'm talking about the the modern magician. Oh well. Yeah. Okay, now I'm. Now I'm. <laughs> but if the boy, do I tried, feel embarrassed? If no. the magician tried to do that now, that would be like a homeland security issue, right? Probably. You'd probably have to get uh, clearance. Clearance. Homeland clearance. clearance. Yeah. Magician clearance. I think that's a special division of homeland security. Does that mean that if he wanted to, could George W. Bush start a new career as a magician and then do that trick because he's already got all the clearance he'd have he could to re- he'd have to get magician's clearance which is different that's higher yeah uh, that's higher clearance yeah because if you're going to start making stuff disappear like the president can maybe make people disappear wink wink hmm. but monuments monuments national monuments national monuments and apparently if you're a magician you can go through the bermuda triangle and you don't disappear, but a boat that you're in, the boat would disappear, but you end up on a raft. But if you name that boat magician, you're good. Forget it. What kind of raft? He entered in a big boat. They found him in a rubber raft. Who was this? Our good boy, David Copperfield. Which one? Charles the one Dick- from the, the Charles, Charles Dickens, Dickens one, yeah. The Charles okay. Dickens Not the one. modern day magician. Modern day rides a giraffe. Was the Dickens yeah. David Copperfield also a magician? I don't know. I've never read that book. I think he played the flute. 
I think he also played the flute. Like most magicians. That's no, why like I'm always confused. Flautists. Flautists. Magicians play the piccolo. Oh. Smaller flute, easier to make disappear. Yeah. Piccolo, one of the fan favorite character from Dragon Ball Z. Never seen it. Chris Amanik, you ever seen Dragon Ball Z? I have not. And that wraps up our Dragon Ball Z segment. I wish I had a jingle for that. How does the theme song go? Dragon Ball Z. Exactly Perfect. like that. Perfect. Speaking of segments, shall we do a segment? Is it time for... Uh-oh. Top Toms? Top Toms. Top Toms. Top Top Toms. We're going to talk about our favorite Top Tom lines. Or scenes. Scenes. Or moments. Moments. Or expressions. Expressions. Hairstyles. Or hairstyles. Uh, wristbands, because he has some good wristbands. He's got in some good wrist. Well, let's get into it. Do you want to start us off, Omedic, or do you want to start us off, Chris G? Uh, I don't want to. I mean, my top Tom, I think, is going to be one of your top Toms. Hmm. But it's kind of like the penultimate moment. I have a few in the chamber, but I'm going to only say one. I'm only saying one. Well, so you go first. Me go, f- me go first? <laughs> me, Chris G? G go first. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, so he plays this seduce and destroy character, which um, is, it this, is, it, is it's kind of, I have mixed feelings about it because I both admire and am repulsed by him. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to fast forward through all that stuff. And I, my top Tom moment is the part where he finally gets to his dying father's bedside and tells him he hates him, he hates him, and he hopes that it hurts as he's dying. And the way he's... I'm talking. I'm still talking in uh, round robin style. Yeah, break that. Break Holy that. Holy cow. Wise up, buddy. Oh, my. It's not going to stop until I wise up. You got to wise up. But he's doing that. He's shaking. Yeah. He's shaking. shaking. His hands are shaking. And, he's, and I think he stomps his foot a little bit. Maybe. Uh, he's behind the bed, so I don't um, remember what his feet were doing. Uh, just like... Because uh, I was expecting a Hollywood finish of... Like some sort of a resolute. His dad's going to wake up. Frank, you made it. Dad, I'm here. Uh, Frank, I'm I'm sorry I left you. I never should have left you. I'm so proud of you. Dad, I, I love you. I thought that was what we were going to see. But we saw, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. He never never wakes up. We can't tell if he ever really, his eyes are open, sort of. But he's just taking some of the. There's some eye contact and he takes his last breath as the frogs are falling but, out of but, the sky. Um, uh, what's his face? The nurse, Phil Parma, played by Philip Seymour Hoffman. He he, uh, he administered some of the uh, liquid Novocaine onto his tongue to kill him. Novocaine? Yes. No. Um. Not Novocaine. Not Novocaine. It was. Um. Yeah. It was liquid Novocaine. No. 
Morphine. Morphine. Liquid morphine. That's what I said. That's <laughs> what he said. I'm sorry. I thought you said something else. No. Do you get more? Do you get the the morphine when you go to the dentist? What do you think I said? You thought I said Novocaine? What's wrong with you guys? I said uh, morphine the whole uh, time. Okay. So we all agree it was morphine. Yeah. yeah. Like but the band. When the the pharmacist gave it to Julianne Moore, he said like, or yeah. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, as soon as you do this, you're going down a road you can't turn around. He's, you're not going to see him anymore. The doctor said that, not the pharmacist, but that's cool. Is your top Toms. Top Tom. You're not even talking about Tom anymore. Talk about I, medication. I just like that there was no forgiveness, no, re- no con- like meeting of the minds, no heart to heart. It's just anger unleashed. He just yelled at him and he died. Yeah. Go to hell, old man. That's your top Tom? Yep. That's a good top Tom. Chris O'Matic, you got one? My top Tom, right after he does, Frank T.J. Mackey does his seminar, and he's being interviewed, and you talked about it in the, in the, in the recap, and I thought it was, it was brilliant. He's being interviewed, and then he feels like he's been ambushed in the interview. Some real gotcha journalism. Yeah, and he just sits there, and he doesn't say anything. And in, that's probably some of the best acting he's done. <laughs> he's not even saying anything, and he's just sitting there. And the look on his face, just it just it was great. And then he's you said it before. What am I doing? I'm quietly judging you. That line, I'm quietly judging you, was almost going to be in our opening theme. It was going to be a longer theme with more clips. And I'm quietly judging you was going to be in there, but it's not. It ended up being the Jerry Maguire bits, which worked pretty well for the yeah, show. But that, that's an aside. Good. It Sorry, worked. I didn't mean to get off topic for a second. It does work well. I think Jerry Maguire would have benefited from the seminar that Frank T.J. Mackey... You think Jerry Maguire would have paid to go to that seminar? I think Dr. Dr. Hanford would have benefited from Eyes Wide Shut. Jerry Maguire was doing fine. Jerry Maguire... Jerry Maguire, he couldn't be alone. He couldn't be alone. Yeah, but he had no trouble he getting women. Seduce and Destroy is about getting women, about getting your friend to be your lover... The doctor in Eyes Wide Shut was the guy who was, who was not getting any and was like searching the, the city for sexcapades and never sealing the deal. It wasn't that he wasn't getting any. It was just that he, he was mad at his wife. I think he was mad at his wife because he wasn't really getting any. Hmm. Getting any chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. That's what we're talking about, right? Do you have any you know chocolate mean? chip cookies here? You know what I mean? That's it. I have frozen cookie dough. Well, hmm. it it could become unfrozen, right? Not right now. We're recording a show. We're in the middle of recording a show. We don't have time for cookie dough, you know, bro? Yo. <laughs> Whoa. So. What's your top Tom, Greg? My top Tom. It was a lot. There were a lot to pick from. There was. Everybody knows I love when he says I'm quietly judging you. Mm-hmm. I certainly loved when he said I will drop kick those dogs. Classic. It's classic. classic. It, it's I, I kind of am like on the fence on that one because dogs, man. But my top Tom is as the interview is starting, he's getting ready for the interview. He's done his reverse backflip. Mm. He's getting a shirt put on and he's talking about his technique and he starts panting like a dog and he's swaying back and forth. He's like, <laughs> so odd. and, and, and uh, Guinevere, the interview is like, calm down, calm, like treating him like a dog, like everything. He's so animalistic and like into it. 
And then she says, let's start the interview. He's like, I'm giving you gold here. These, we, this hasn't started already? Well, yeah, he's like, I thought we were rolling the whole time. Like, it's so... <laughs> like, everybody criticizes Tom Cruise for playing, like, super cocksure guys. But this is, like, the most cocksure and ridiculous to the point where it's, it's like a parody of a man. But the panting dog, like, shuffling back and forth. Like, he's trying to game her. Kind of, like, everything about that sequence I thought was top Tom. What I liked about that sequence that showed that t- Frank T.J. Mackey tries to just hit on everyone. Yeah, he he's, tries he's on to the use his constantly, but he's hitting on her by telling her how many women he sleeps with all the time and how women are out to get him and prove something. I don't know. Just the whole that whole sequence is pretty great, and it sets up the switch when uh, he quietly judges her. So, are either one of you guys going to call one uh, one eight seven seven tame her? Because that was the number for Seduce and Destroy. Before we get to that, let's get out of Top Toms. We need to get out of Top Toms. James Brown. <laughs> James Brown. James Brown. Now, Chris, Omatic, repeat the question. Will either of you gentlemen call 1-877-TAME-HER? That's the number for Seduce and Destroy. You want us to call that now? Or just in our lives? In your lives. Would you, w- would you have called that number? No. Also, no. But you but, know, if you called the number when the movie was out... In the year 1999... You actually got a recording of Frank T.J. Mackey talking about it. Talking about Seduce and Destroy and how it could change your life. Do you know this because you looked it up or because you called it? Um, I remember calling it when, um, when it was on, like pay-per-view okay when the movie was on pay-per-view and then uh, someone told me if you call that number y- you actually get a real recording and i used to love when movies and tv shows did stuff like that it is interesting because it's not a 555 number which is what you normally hear on movies and such yeah 555 this one's like a real phone number so that's that's what made me like say hmm I all right really if anyone listening this. wants to call that number and write us and tell us what happens please do repeat the number please one eight seven seven tame her T A M E H E R. Those are not numbers. Those well, are you letters. Know, you find them on the not on anymore. The, not the these days. Not yes, you the, can. None of the smartphones. On smartphones they have letters by nope, the numbers. They got rid of them. No, they didn't. I'm looking at my phone right now, and it's Look got no phone. letters on the keypad. Well, you got so a bum it's, phone. It's not that smart of a phone. Yeah, you got a dumb phone. Your phone is like Quiz Kid Donnie Smith. It used to be smart, he now it's dumb. Did your phone get stri- struck by lightning? Yeah. Did your phone get struck by lightning? No. Does your phone want braces when it doesn't need them? Did it get hit by a frog? Hey, isn't like uh, it did get hit by a frog. Is your phone in love with Brad? No, my phone is not in love with Brad. But you could argue that all those carrying cases people get for their phones are like braces Those are like, are braces. like braces it's true well you know what's interesting about the scene with brad he's Would- in that bar and there's a lot of things hidden in the background in that scene um in the background there's an arcade game frogger frogger oh and then on the chalkboard they list two team names for the dart tournament anyone catch the names of those teams? i know what the names were the frogs and the other frogs. The frogs and the clouds. Ah. Well, here's something I noticed that is not as subtle. Claudia Gator's father is Jimmy Gator, who she says abused him, her, blah, 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 doesn't want to talk to her. And then there's Jim. So, like, 
Jim Curring is the cop. So there's a Jimmy, the father she hates, and the Jim who is the possible savior. Uh huh. Two separate Jims. Oh wow. Yeah. How about Jim that? Jim Jiminy. Jim Jiminy. Jim Jiminy. Jim Jim Jury. Or Jim Jimbery, which now, is where children is play. Is there any kind of relationship, uh, any kind of subtext to uh, gators and frogs being natural enemies in the wild? Are they? Yeah. Please explain science. Is this well, Chris's science corner? Yes. Okay. All right. uh, Chris O'Matic, can you give us a theme for Chris's science corner? Do, 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 do. Get ready to learn. Get ready to have fun. It's time for Chris's Science Corner. Let's hear it, Chris. So, frogs are delicious to alligators, but uh, frogs love to wear alligator boots. So there's always like they're they're always after each other, always setting traps and out to destroy the others. I did not. I did not know that. So I didn't know. Like, okay, so. Jimmy Gator is trying to eat Officer Jim in right, the one scene. Because the Gator eats him. He tries to trap him into the in the oven. And I think I think his method of doing that was I'm gonna go home, I'm gonna upset my daughter, create a disturbance. Officer Jim's gonna show up here. I don't know no disturbance. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Jim, he's got his gun. He loses that gun. He's really upset because he wanted to kill Jimmy Gator and make himself a pair of Jimmy Gator boots. Well, he lost it because of the worm. So now there's the worm. <sighs> yeah, tell, drop some more science about the worm, buddy. Well, and now we got to throw another only, animal. The worm only has one, a- one enemy, and that's the early bird. Or the partridge. That's right. The earl partridge. I think, I think we're really partridge. onto something. We're unraveling. No, you know what? This, is, this all comes back at, because Earl Partridge was a television producer. Yeah. And Big Earl Production, Big Earl Partridge Productions, is the company that produced the game show that the kids are on with the Gator hosting it. So it all comes gay around. Tour, tour like William H Macy quizzed Donnie Smith is gay. Is gay. Not for is, Brad. Is Brad also gay? It's hard to tell. It we, is hard to tell. They don't really the tell man. us. gay bar, but who knows? That they don't man. tell us. We know that the old man... The old man... Is gay. Is old man. The old man yeah. has a great line. That old I, man. It, it really... The old man has a great old man line. The old man who's, me, who's credited as character is Thurston Howell. Yeah, which is great. Thurston Howell, Howell, which was a three-hour tour, this movie... Three hours long. Is he Thurston Howell the fourth? It no, all just Thurston comes Howell. back. It all just comes back. It all comes back. It's all intersections. Thurston Moore said. Thurston Moore or Thurston Howell? Thurston Howell. Thurston Moore is from Sonic Youth, right? I, I don't know. You're the musician. Um, we might be through with the past, but the past is never through with us. Well, that is not just his line. That line gets repeated at least three times. Does Frank T.J. Mackey say that at some point? Or it's does, a great does line. Does he say the opposite of no, that? No, Frank T.J. Mackey is saying... That you got to ignore the past, forget the past that holds you back. But uh, yes, Thurston Howell says it. The little kid says it. Yes, I believe in his rap. Or at Dixon. Some point, yeah, I think Dixon says it. And then I know that Jimmy Gator says it before he goes on set. He says it to 
the producer guy, or the producer says to him, Ricky Jay's character. There's a lot of elements that repeat throughout the movie. Like, there's a lot of scene um, in the background. There's a lot of paintings and pictures of flowers. And the movie's called Magnolia. And a lot of those paintings was done by Fiona Apple. And there's a character named Rose. Rose. And Frank T.J. Mackey's mom is named Lily. And the daughter is named Claudia. Claudia. The very fragrant, lovely flower. Flower. The Claudia. Claudia. Thank God we're still in that science corner because the science you're dropping science like a. Well, should we ask? Have we been in the science corner this whole time? Should we ask? Am I running long? No. Should we ask the scientists why do the frogs fall? Well, we are in science corner. Science. Can you explain the reign of frogs? The frogs scientifically, not thematically or movie movieologically. Not moviologically. Mm-hmm. I'm going to boil movie. this down to pure science. The frogs fall because of gravity. Wow. Can you take us out of science corner? Do, 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 do. This has been Science Corner with Chris. Perfect. Wow. Perfect. So a now we're segment. out of science corner. We got a new segment for the show. Yeah. That, that's a good segment. It is a good segment. Speaking of segments, shall we take cruise control? Let's take an... This oh. is a story about Wait. control. Cruise. And this time I'm going to do it my way. So, it's a long movie. It is a long movie. But in my opinion, in my opinion... Uh-oh. And that means it's it's right. Greg, what do you think? I think it's a tremendously great movie. Mm-hmm. I saw it twice in the theater. I always point to this movie as my argument against the Lord of the Rings movies. The first of which came out around the same time as this movie in the 1999 year. And which like, year? Oh, I love Lord of the Rings. And I said, I like Magnolia more. I saw it twice. And most people go, you saw it twice in the theater? And I say, yes. Yes. And then what do they say? Nothing. They walk away. They after can't you say yes, After presence. you say yes, they're done? Yeah, That's they, just, it? they want they, nothing they to do with me. Wow. So it is hard for me to think of things I would change about this movie. Very Although, well, I fi- I came up with a, I figured it out immediately. Well, I, I have one. But I actually have two, so I'll let you go. Fine, first. let's no, no. hear it. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you, right, no, I'll do one. I'll you, do one, and then we'll do, come back around, and sure. I'll do another one. We'll, we'll, sure. We'll circle back sure. around. Sure. Sure. So the first thing Be I sure. would change is at the very end of the movie, Jim Curring is sitting on Claudia's bed, and he's talking to her, and the music, Save Me, is starting to play. I want to hear what he say. <laughs> Give me subtitles. Give me something. I kind of like that you don't hear it. I know, but I still want to hear it. Not so much. I'm not as interested in what Jim is saying to Quiz Kid Donnie Smith because he's talking that whole time that we're seeing Donnie Smith return the money. But you get the problem is in the save me part. You're hearing snippets of it, so it's like you're just leaning in. Like what did you, what did he just say? Because maybe it'll help me understand why she pops that smile and looks directly at the camera. Which could be her looking at us, or could be her looking at her mom, who's walked back into the room. That can I say something about that smile? Of course, we're having a conversation. That smile was actually the very first image that Paul Thomas Anderson had when he first started writing the script. Was the smile of her sitting in the bed, and it ended up being the last image used in the movie. And then he actually, her character was the first character he came up with, and he built the story around her. I know he wanted to make this movie with her in mind to be yeah. like a star turn for that actress who was in the movie Cabin Boy. Ah, 
classic. She's like the love interest in Cabin Boy who swims like a dolphin or whatever. Is she the cabin girl? I don't remember what her name was, but I know cabin she's in that lady. Cabinina? The cabin girl? Did she oh, get Cabinina. cabin fever? And we're talking about cabins again. Are we in, right. We're talking about cabins again. Are we in the cabin fever segment? Do we need a theme song? I think we're. I think you just you disappear into it. Uh oh. It's like unintentional. You get into that cabin. It's like I punched my chest. <laughs> you punched your chest. He's always right. punching the chest, disappearing. He's always punching his chest to make it into, into the, the crowd. Dis- yeah, into the crowd. That's it. He's gone. <laughs> oh, it's so good. What would you, Chris Giruso? Hmm. All right. You are in cruise control. I would just uh, just let the kid go to the bathroom. Yeah, seriously, right? That would... Yeah. Just seriously. let him go. I mean, come on. I mean, it was live TV, but come on. It's not like nothing else went wrong in that show. True that. True that. So you would let the kid go to the bathroom? That's it. Let him go to the bathroom? He comes back, he wins the game. Yeah. Those are true facts. But I think showing that they didn't let him go to the bathroom showed how much they mistreated him and, and how they were just using him. Like he said, like almost like a freak show effect. That like, well, yeah. he's on display. But he's saying what he would change. Yeah. Which I... See, you let him go to the bathroom, he comes back, he wins, he gets all the money, his dad comes in, gives him a high five and a hug. In as much as Chris liked... <laughs> in as much as Chris... Liked that TJ Mackey and Earl Partridge never had their resolution. He wanted. You wanted the resolution there. Stanley Specter and Rick Specter to have their like nice moment in the sun. No pun intended. Sun. Get it? Sun. 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 Specter. Last place you want a specter is in the sun. In the sun. Right? Sun, flowers, or rather, rain, weather, rather meteorology, moveologically speaking. Gravity. Gravity. Chris, oh, Medic, you are in cruise control. What I would change about the movie, very, that's tough. That's very tough. Because um, when I sat down to rewatch it, I was like, this movie's three hours long. I'm going to have to, I don't know if I can sit through it the whole thing again. And then I'm two hours and 40 something minutes in, and I'm like, I forget how good and how. And then boom, the frogs start flows. And then you yeah. turn, and you're like, too, ah. Uh. I'm turning it off now. Yeah. I have I'm at two minutes and fifty two hours and fifty eight minutes. I'm done. I can't I'm gonna save the next two minutes. Um I don't I don't while you think about that, I'm gonna introduce a segment within the segment. Ooh, Ooh. I love these. You're gonna double segment us? I'm gonna double segment. Super segment. Super segment. Here it comes. Thanks a lot. So, within Cruise Control, we're going to play a game of Hanks a Lot. Wow. In this iteration of Hanks a Lot, Tom Hanks is now in this movie. What part does he play? I would like to see Hanks play, I would say, Quiz Kid Donnie Smith. Can you see him as a Quiz Kid Donnie Smith? I can see him as Quiz Kid Donnie Smith. I also thought he would probably do a nice job with Phil Parma. I was just going to say the nurse. Yeah. Yeah. Or, actually, I think he would be awesome now, modern day Tom Hanks, as Jimmy Gator. 
Modern, oh, yes. Okay. Like older Tom Hanks playing Jimmy Gator would be intense because yeah, that he's would such be a disgusting human. Yeah. I think he would be fantastic as the role of the pharmacist <laughs> <laughs> that was giving Julianne Moore yeah. like the business over. Like You couldn't stop oh, making I thought, comments. I thought that you meant be... the pharmacist that just doesn't say a word. <laughs> that just calls him ma'am. <laughs> and she's like, and you don't call me ma'am. <laughs> you called me lady. 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 Yeah, lady. You call me lady. Shame on you. Shame Call on me you. Call me lady. That was great. All right. That's Hanks a lot. Hanks a lot. Uh, have you figured out your cruise control? I think maybe the one thing I would do is do the movie in 3D. <laughs> Frogs falling in 3D. The ambulance sliding in 3D. Frank T.J. <laughs> TJ Mackey in 3D. Yeah, he does that thing where he, he, he comes sliding out on the stage and he, his oh. hand comes out. Yeah. How like, great is that in the beginning, though? It's all dark, the stage, and then you hear the 2001 of Space Odyssey. And then, dun, dun, and then you see um, Frank T.J. Mackey there lit up. Yeah. Maybe in 3D. Maybe in 3D. That's cruise control. <laughs> We got to get Janet Jackson to be a guest. I think that should be just imagine the look on her face when we get to the cruise control (laughs) segment. Well, clearly she probably knows she listens to this show. She must. She she has to be a subscriber. Here's what happened. Somebody heard it, said, oh, my God, they're using this. We got to tell Janet Jackson so she could sue these clowns. She heard it, said, I'm not suing these guys. They're great. I'm, I'm not suing them. They've paved the way for my comeback. Yeah. Well, has she ever been gone? She's never going to go She's away. so obscure. I bet you half of the listeners right now have never heard of her. I mean, look, she has never scaled to the heights of, say... Paul Abdul, the a top, top cop, cop and pop. Yeah, a top cop and pop, Paul Abdul. Nope. Mm-mm. You know, Paul Abdul was always sort of like... A Debbie oh, Gibson. I'll show you how to dance. I'll choreograph... But Paul Abdul was clearly like giving her subpar dance moves. Mm-hmm. So that she Saving could... Saving all the good ones for herself. Yeah. A Debbie Gibson, the, sure. The, the animated cat, too. MC Scat Cat, you mean? Who else would I be talking about? I don't know. Uh, Tom from Tom and Jerry. Well, Sylvester. Sylvester from Tweety and Sylvester. Heathcliff from Heathcliff. Now, why can't they all go on tour together? Top Cat from Top Cat. Garfield from Garfield. <laughs> would you like us to keep... Yes, Lion-O from more. Thundercats. Whoa. Tigra from Thundercats. Well, all right. Panthro from Thundercats. All those cats that you just named. Tara from Thundercats. Wiley Kit and Wiley Cat from Thundercats. All those cats you just named. Who would you want to see dance with Paula Abdul? Ooh. Ooh. Panthro. Interesting. I would go with Snarf. (laughs) I want to see Snarf from Thundercats dance with Paula Abdul. Is Snarf even a cat? He's a Thundercat. He's a Snarf Snarf. He is also that. I've what always cat? wanted Snarf to hang out with Orko. I wanted them to get their own spin-off. What animated cat would they I want de- to see dance how is with that Paula not on, uh, How is Adult that not Swim done? right now? I don't get it. I'm trying to think of what animated cat I want to see dancing with Paula Abdul. To which song? Um, well, let's say Cold-Hearted Snake. Oh. Ooh, I, I, got, I got it. Hector. Hector? Yeah, from the Heathcliff cartoon. <laughs> see the one with the roller skates or the one with the... Wait, is it the one with the headphones? 
I think the one with the headphones was Wordsworth. Wordsworth. Was Hector was one? the big purple one Mungo. with the red vest. <laughs> Mungo? Yeah. Of course he has to be Mungo because he's big. It's Mungo. Mungo should be dancing with her. <laughs> that the would be good. Cold-Hearted Snake because that's a real seductive song. That is. Yeah. Don't look into the eyes. No, they've been telling lies. But MC Scat Cat was not in Cold-Hearted Snake. I know. That's why I asked what song are we talking about so I can pick the right dancing cat. So you're, saying, you're saying we should add cats. That's, her, that's what she needs is a cat in every video. I figured it out. Fritz the cat from Fritz the cat. That would be that won't be PG then. Hey, why do you think I picked it? That's hey, the one oh. that belongs in Cold Hearted Snake. That's what I'm saying. What about Felix the cat? Oh, that's good. Felix the cat would be in uh, in um straight up now. Tell me, do you think MC Scat Cat is still releasing albums in like Germany? I would imagine so. At right? the very least, Germany. At the very least, Germany. Well, all right, what certainly I... in Egypt, where cats are are uh, worshipped as kings or gods or whatever they're worshiping. They really are. Well, like, think about this concept. You know, Heavy Dean the Boys. Sure, now that we've got love, what are we going to do? Found so love. now, what? how amazing would this be if the boys from Heavy Dean the Boys teamed up with the Funky Bunch from Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch and they did like a reunion tour? Of just the boys and the Funky Bunch? Just the boys, just the Funky Bunch. Who would open for who? When does the revolution get involved? Prince oh. and the Just the Revolution. Just the Revolution. Do you think they have conventions yeah. or like unions for the, like these people? You think the Pips are still around that could join this? I think the Pips, the News, and the Heartbreakers are all hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> the News. Yeah. I would imagine. Well the Heartbreakers are still going strong. Yeah. So are the news. What about yeah. the, what about the E Street band? E Street. See, they seem less like a I mean, they're like a band. What about the new power generation? The new power generation, sure. I think they're hanging out with the Crickets, who used to roll with Buddy Holly. Oh, no, well, the Crickets are hanging out with the Comets from Bill Haley. <laughs> That's right. The Crickets and the Comets. They're, they're, they got a lockdown. Whatever happened to the Beatles? Who? I'm sorry. Yeah, ex- explain yourself. You mean the Bugs? Is this more science? You know what? I'm confusing them with Crickets. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. See. What next? You're going to talk about another monkeys, like a bunch of monkeys, another animal band? Frogs? The you mean, frogs? You the mean frogs. Like the animals? The animals? They kind of covered it with the animals. Do you think the animals went through doors? You're talking about the doors? The doors? Possibly. They might have gone through some of the doors. Some of the doors. Hmm. I yeah, guess... Yeah. Yeah. You uh, you make you uh, you make a better you make a better door than a window. Thank you. We'll see you all again. Sleep tight. <laughs>